Reverb. Ricola. <laughs> Ricola. All right. All right. So we're here. We're here. Hey, you know, since our last podcast, I uh, shot a match, I think. Did I? Yes, you did. Oh, okay. Good. And I didn't win. But my team won. We came in first place, team. But there's no I in team, so... Yeah, there is. It's right. It's in the middle of the M. Have you ever seen that? It's in the middle of the, the M? A. The middle of the A. I knew it was in something. What? There's How no do... I in team, but me is in team. Ah, uh, yes, that's true. Yeah, so I came in 12th, and uh, my team won, so that's the important thing. I'm sorely disappointed in you. Why are you disappointed in me? I mean, you've won a few of those matches, haven't you? Uh, yeah, it's been a long time since so I shot one. then so what happened? I shot like I hadn't shot one in a long time. Hadn't shot one in a long time, so I was rusty, and I went out there to become unrusty, and now I'm unrusty. Well, what what kind of match was it? Uh, it was a combat marksmanship match. It was the uh, the state's adjutant general, governor's twenty match, whatever it's called. And uh, so you were shooting for the national guard. Yeah, I was shooting for my team. Yeah, my uh, and we were shooting against other national guardsmen, both so army and air. What's the difference between a military? Uh, shooting competition and a civilian competition mainly? Well, if I go shoot at like a civilian high-power competition, the guns are called service rifles, but they're not service rifles. They have, you know, match triggers and heavy barrels and they're free-floated and they look like M16A2s, but they're not uh, at all. These you shoot with rack-grade M16A2s. You shoot with uh, issued ammo. What do you mean by rack-grade? I mean it's as issued. The gun is just like uh, the military issues it. You can't change it over. You can't you know put free float tubes in different barrels or anything like that. And you're shooting issued ammunition, which is the uh, 855 ball, the green tip ammo. And we all know about that green tip that sometimes the steel penetrator is a little off. Just a sometimes. little bit off center. So you're lucky if you hold, you know, four MOA. You're happy with that. Right. Two is uh, you're ecstatic. So, yeah, so it was uh, it was interesting. And we so we shot the entire match. Uh, usually we could shoot uh, M16A4s with uh, optic sights, ACOGs usually, you know, three power, four power ACOGs, three power, three power ACOGs. And uh, – uh, this match it was all iron sights. It was uh, so I shot the whole thing, whole thing with my M sixteen A two, and uh, that was interesting. And, and the A uh, two variant is a non removable carry handle. That's right. Yeah, twenty inch barrel. Uh, you know, uh, non removable carry handle rear sight. Yeah, and we're talking about AR fifteen black rifles. What what else are they known as? Uh, it's a ubiquitous. You know, M sixteen from you know. From the Vietnam era till now, the only changes have been, you know, some some barrel profiles, some twist rates, some. Uh, they changes. added windage adjustment on that too yep. since yep. the A ones, I believe. Yeah, well, not windage. They added elevation. But okay, yes. so it was yes. windage on the. The windage is easier, but it's it's now finger windage as opposed to on the older A ones, Vietnam era guns. Uh, you had to change it with the tip of a bullet. Oh. On the windage, so it wasn't like quickly adjustable for right. windage. Whereas I can adjust it. You know, I can check my wind and dope it and figure out I got to put on, you know, so many clicks of windage. Yeah. So, so you guys, uh, your team finished first. Yeah. Uh, was it all just rifle? Was there any handgun, machine no, gun? No, that's what no? we just said. It was just shooting the rifle at the targets. Do you ever see in military competition, do you ever see shotguns? Yeah, there's one match uh, that we've – I don't think I've – I don't think I've ever shot that match. Uh, they had it one year where I was competing up at nationals. It's called a CATA match. Which is, stands for some combined arms training match, something like that. And uh, you shoot a shotgun. They want to make it like three gun, like a running gun. But you shoot right. an eight seventy uh, shotgun, or it's a Mossberg five hundred. I think they have both out there, or a mixture, or one, either or. Either or is issued, so either one will work. And then you shoot your M nine, you know, your issued M nine, and you shoot your rifle, whatever it may be. Uh, in the case we were shooting, it'd be the M sixteen A four with the ACOG on it. But yeah. I want to say the year, the first year they held that match, they didn't count it towards the aggregate, and it rained, so I didn't have to shoot it, so I didn't shoot it, or something like that. It was something weird, something hinky. Now, these matches, are they the same every year when you go to them, or do they there change them? There are. Like, uh, yeah, like there a are lot s- of three-gun matches, they change up little things. It, sure. It's always in the same area yeah. or the same shooting range, but they'll yeah. they'll change the stages. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, no. This isn't like a run-and-gun with IPSC and USPSA or anything like that, where there there is uh, 
defined matches. Now they'll introduce a new match usually every year, and every year they'll they'll maybe get rid of a match that you've shot before. But they're standardized, you know, they're published. Uh, you know, so many rounds on so many targets on so much time, things like that. So yeah, it's pretty standardized. Um, and then there's matches that I've shot, you know, since I've started shooting it. And then there's matches that you know we. I want to say there's not many that have carried over, but there's some that we've shot for quite a while now, quite a few years, seven or eight years. Do you think that since you shot all of these military you know, weapons and sticking with the mat- non-match grade in a lot of cases, do you think that if you were to be given a, a race gun across the board, whether it was you know shotgun and an AR and a race you know, pistol, you know, uh-huh. do you think you would be able to perform better sure. having dealt yeah, yeah. with the... Oh, yeah. Issued gear. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because like we were talking about in one of our Back to Basics um, episodes, we, you know, everything translates over. So shooting with iron sights uh, in your pistol and be giving something that's match grade and maybe runs a little quicker, shoots a little flatter, you know, it still transfers over. Um, the same thing with rifles, you know, switching over to a match grade trigger, you know, just helps. It doesn't hurt. But it definitely helps if you've done the the shooting before and you can shoot the the guns with the the, the I guess you'd say the cruder options, uh, iron sights and you know heavy GI triggers and non-adjustable butt stocks and no free float tubes and no comps and that sort of thing. Yeah, because there's a division in three gun, uh, which uh, what is it called? A uh, heavy or Iron Man? Yeah, they, uh, heavy metal. Heavy metal. That's yeah. what it is. And you shoot three oh eight with iron have, sights. Yeah, I think you have to shoot three oh eight. Forty five. You have to shoot forty five, and you have full to power forty five. Twelve ACP. gauge, um, a, a twelve gauge pump action, I believe. Yeah, and so I mean. It, those guys would be the only ones that would be close to being on par with y'all. Well, right? even then, you know, they're shooting forty five ACP and we're shooting nine millimeter out of the Beretta. So, you know, they they may not even be shooting anything close to what we're shooting as far as pistol goes. And as far as rifle with a three oh eight, I mean unless you happen to be shooting a three oh eight AR, eh, nothing really transfers over. But there are divisions in uh in regular three gun where guys shoot, you know, AR fifteens with iron sights. Right. Well, uh, so for our Back to Basics today, we are going to talk about... Iron Sights. Iron Sights. That's a good segue. I think so. Yeah. <laughs> we should write that down or something. We should have wrote it down before and planned it. That would have been even better. It's, anyway, just, it's better when no, I just we... go off the cuff and just throw it out there. <laughs> I like it. Yeah, we're going to talk about Iron Sights. Uh, uh, everybody knows you know, there's optics, and optics are great. And we're even starting to see But a... let's, let's break it down even further than that. Optics. Uh-huh. If someone says... Do you have optics on your rifle? What does that uh-huh. mean? Well, to me, that means do I have either a magnified scope, like a traditional, you know, 3 to 9 to 40, or maybe something tactical like an ACOG, or do I have, it could also mean do I have a red dot, like an Aimpoint or an EOTech? Um, that's what it means to me if somebody asks me if I have an optics on my gun. And I was going to say earlier, I'm starting to see a, a big uh, surgence of uh, red dots uh, for pistols. For for duty guns, for three gun, for what have you, uh, even concealed carry, I've been noticing a resurgence or a surgence, I should say, of mounting a mini red dot sight on the slide of a uh, combat pistol. Well, let's just be honest. Uh, when you have optics on your gun, you're going to be much more efficient at engaging targets. Oh, I tell you what. As far as a do you, red do dot you agree sight or goes, disagree? On oh, that, yeah. On that as far blanket as a, statement. As far as a red dot sight goes, it's quicker. It's easier. It's easier to learn. It's easier to train with. It is is more forgiving. If you have bad eyeballs like me, it's it's just all around the the better of the two. A, a, to me, a red dot sight is is all around better than iron sights, except for the fact. It takes a battery. And the iron well, not, sights, not all of them do. Well, not these all days, of them do. These days you can get some that have tritium, yeah. and then you can get yeah. some of them that have the yeah. fiber optic cables. Honestly, I haven't seen anything else. Well, the new MRDS, which I haven't had a chance to play with yet, uh, one of them is tri-powered, and it comes with fiber optics, and I'd really like to play with that and see what it's like with the batteries dead and uh, you know, in, in a lower light condition and, and how well it works. I've well, played with some of those other tritium sites. I think Meprolite imports Yeah, Meprolite has – well, Meprolite has a three it was as a well. was real impre- – well, I think the new Tri-Power – well. From okay. Mepro. Trigicon's always had a Tri-Power. I, I played with a Meprolite. 
that was supposedly tri-powered, and I found it to be wanting. The the little triangle, I think it had a triangle reticle instead of a dot, okay. it wouldn't get up bright enough for me, personally. In the daylight. Yeah, I actually played with a uh, MetPro more today. Played with it? Yeah, had my hands on it. Did you turn it, it on? Uh, turned on all, all of it. You yeah. put the laser on? Yep, turn the Did laser on. Did you go pew pew when you turn the laser on? Because I would have. No. Um, Actually, I want to. Oh, that's even cooler. That was the infrared sound, though. No, the infrared sound is. <laughs> <laughs> Something along those lines. I had looked at the Mepro board. Did it look like the reticle was daylight visible? Uh, it was extremely daylight visible. I, I had it out here, uh, whatever it is today. Yeah, whatever it is today out in a bright, sunny, 100-degree day. really, really bright. A bright Texas day. Bright Texas day. Uh, I had it out there, and I was looking at it, and the reticle, it was sharp. Yeah? No, the the thing that I didn't like about it, and I'm what trying to— What color is it? Is it red? It was yellow. It's yellow? But okay. the thing that I'm trying to—and it was circular. didn't have a triangle. Okay. It was like a broken yeah. circle. Yeah. Um, the glass had a bluish tint to it when I looked through it. Uh. And I'm trying to get used to that. So I started telling myself, well, maybe this uh, bluish tint yeah. uh, is great for hot, you know, bright sunny yeah. days, and it's kind of acts as a um, as kind like sunglasses a sharpening filter, like yeah. blue blocker sunglasses, yeah, something yeah, yeah, like yeah, yeah. that. Yeah. And so I started looking through, it and I could I could see that it, that it would work that oh, way. Okay. Whether that was intentional or not, right. I have no idea. Okay, but I it like had it. this one. The one that we're going to be playing with had uh, has the IR. On it as well. The infrared. Laser and uh, sight. Sweet. So when everyone nods, I can like use it. Yeah. <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> but when you're not, you, it's kind of pointless to you. Well, then, yeah. Just you if can. you knew. I didn't know if you knew that. <laughs> but. No, uh, the company I work at, every once in a while I get to deal in returns. It's not my main job, but every once in a while. And uh, a customer returned an infrared, um, you know, regular oh, picking any mounted laser. And the returns guy was like, "You mean Piccadilly?" As he probably called it yeah, in, Picante. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> the the Picatinny rail. It was just a Picatinny rail laser, but it's infrared. And uh, I forget who made it. One of the popular brands, uh, Insight maybe. But the 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 guy working returns was like, "Does this work?" And I go, "Well, we we don't know. <laughs> it's infrared do you have night vision." Yeah, do you get night vision? And he's like, "No." And I go, "Well, neither do I." So we're just going to assume it's broken, <laughs> right? The customer said it didn't work. Who am I to You know, because the customer goes, why does this work? I can't see it. <laughs> that could be the case. T- that's probably the case. But, you know, uh, we've got to give them the benefit of the doubt. But, no, uh, yeah, infrared's kind of useless without that. All right, so I kind of got us a little bit off topic. But we, what were we, we talking about? We want to about? talk about iron sights. I've heard of those. And we got off on the optics and all yeah. that fun stuff. But that's kind of – if you have any questions or want us to elaborate, we'll do it back to basics on optics that's you know, a good idea. another day. Yeah, yeah. But let's get to iron sights. Iron sights. I want to say that I think that is the first thing that any new shooter should learn on is iron sights. Yeah, you should definitely learn the basics of iron sights. You know, I said before that it's easier to teach somebody a red dot, but that's in a that's in a certain situation with a certain type. I mean, if you're issuing somebody an M4 carbine with a red dot, sure, just teach them the red dot. You know, give them the fundamentals on the iron sights. But, you know, just teach them the red dot. They can go learn to shoot it. It'll be quicker. It'll get them up to speed with less range time, less money, less whatever. Yeah, but, but start them off with a twenty two with iron sights. Well, ideally, you want to start off any new shooter with a twenty two or of something like that with iron sights. And, uh, you know, at least get them familiar with the platform. You know, I, I always like to move them to optics to get them hooked on it. You know what I mean? Especially a new shooter. Yeah, a new shooter or someone that – is out with a church group or something like that. I take red dots with yeah. me, and oh, they love yeah, it. They, yeah. I mean, we, we, you know, five thousand rounds you kinda, or something yeah, in one you day. You give them, you give them the basics, and then you say, "Now here's an optic," and they right. go, "Oh, this is much better." Right. <laughs> but the iron sights definitely has its place. Uh, most of us, you know, I'd say ninety nine point nine percent of us carry uh, a, a pistol if we carry a pistol with iron sights, or, or or our pistol has iron sights, or even our home defense gun if it's a handgun has iron sights. So obviously, and and I'd say to say ninety nine point nine percent of our shotguns have iron sights. So. Yeah, and uh, if you go go and tell us what you you know don't tell us you don't have to tell us everything, but go to our Facebook page facebook dot com slash gunshow podcast, or if you're searching for us, gunshow podcast, leave off the 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 or the the 
The D? The uh, if you, if you try to look us up, in the 80s? if you try to look us up with the T H E at the front, you won't find us. Well, that's why they shouldn't put it there. Yeah, so just look up Gun Show Podcast. Gun Show Podcast. And uh, like us on Facebook and tell us what you carry or tell us what you like. Do you like your iron sights or would would you carry a concealed carry pistol with a, a red dot? Oh, yeah. I definitely would. Like I know Lone Wolf has gotten real popular with us, but back to the iron sights. Back to the iron sights. What so, makes iron sights iron sights? Uh, basically, an iron sight is basically two bumps on your gun that you line up. Uh, to where you, that's going to show you where your bullet goes, right? Would you consider the bead of a shotgun iron sights? Yeah, I definitely, okay. definitely consider a bead iron sights of some sort. Basically, your face on the cheek rest forms the rest of the iron sight. Does that make sense? Right, Instead yeah. of having a rear bump or right. a rear peep or something like that. But your, your pistol sights is mainly going to be a notch with a front post. Um, lots of rifles are set up like that also. And then your, your AR-15, the ubiquitous M16 we talked about, is a rear peep sight, which is round. And a front post. Site. So on an AR-15, you look. You're looking through a circle, right, at a post. So right. if you if you could imagine it, take your hand and make an OK sign. Okay. And and make it kind of small, and then take your other hand with your index pointer finger and extend it all the way out, and then look through that OK sign, and that's what an AR sight looks like. Yep. Uh, also, I mean, it goes back. The M14 had a similar sight. The Garand rifle, and that's that's partly what helps. I mean, they, those are uh, faster sight acquisition. Well, I'd say the peep sight is is just uh, or more, more accurate, more accurate while still being fast if you need it to be. And a lot of ARs have yep. large openings and yep. uh, uh, tight. Now for for closures, s- I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Smaller diameter? Smaller openings. Yeah. Well, one thing I've never understood, honestly, is once you get that rear peep sight that we've been talking about open large enough, it becomes a ghost ring. And I don't know at what point it becomes a ghost <laughs> ring, but at some point... When it's on a shotgun. When it's on a shotgun or a Glock... Yeah, that's true. <laughs> it becomes a ghost ring. But to me, it's the same thing, right? It's a rear peep sight. I don't know. Maybe once it's a certain size, you can call it a ghost See, ring. See, I, I think what I would call a ghost ring is something, if it's on a handgun or on your shotgun, your face usually isn't as close to it as it is maybe that's, on maybe a, that's a key, yeah. rifle. The distance from your eyeball. Right. And so yeah. really what it becomes is it becomes a ghost ring. Because when I'm looking uh, through my AR, yeah, yeah. I, I feel like when I'm looking through my AR, if anyone knows photography or anything, it's like a vignette. It's, it's kind of like got a black edge all the way around, and I'm focusing on the okay. front sight. Yeah, yeah. But a ghost ring, I see the entire ring. Oh. It's just blurred out to me. Yeah. All right. I can see that. So once it's far enough away from your eyeball, it becomes a ghost ring. I, I think so. I'm really tempted to take some AR sights and push them forward now and see what happens. Do it. Do it well. Well, what will happen is you'll you'll decrease your sight radius. Yeah, and so overall your accuracy will go down. <laughs> so probably <laughs> if if you want to know what will happen, it's like putting pistol sights on your uh, on your rifle. I guess it just decrease your accuracy, which is real popular for. Uh, I guess I've seen it for three gun. I know some companies make just a little, like a five or six inch pistol sight doohickey that bolts to the side of your gun to use. Uh, on close-in stuff, if you're using magnified optics as your main optic, uh-huh. and then I know XS has come out with a set of front and rear sights that are 45 degrees offset that are made to use, and they're they're pistol sights, uh, they're famous XS pistol sights. Really? So I thought that was interesting. Yeah, that's Speaking nice. of which, there are different types of uh, pistol sights. Um, there's the the old, uh, I guess you call it a target sight, which is a plain black rear. And a uh, with a uh, notch cut out, yeah, with a notch, plain black rear notch with a plain black post front. Um, and what's really popular nowadays is three dot sights where you take that same setup and now you put white dots on it. So you get a white dot on the front post and two white dots in between, you know, straddling the well, notch. Any, any the color dot, well, yeah, that could be any color dot, that's true. Uh, Usually you see white, but uh, I know even, CZ's ship with glow-in-the-dark ones. Even and, fiber optic, you know, it's still a three-dot. Yeah. Or tritium, yeah. it's still a three-dot setup. Yeah, and I've seen that on uh, rifles also. Uh, I've got that set up on one of my shotguns, which has, ironically, Remington rifle sights. Uh, I've got a front fiber optic in one color and the rear fiber optic in another, which forms a three-dot sight. 
And what about Glocks? They have that that half sc- or that uh, three quarter square. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Glocks have a three quarter square. Beretta used to ship with something that like that for a while. Well, my Beretta that I had, I had an M nine, yeah. and it shipped with uh, like eights. Basically, yeah. with a dot on the oh, center yeah, bottom, yeah, yeah, and then yeah. a dot on the sides. post. Yeah. Now, here's the crazy thing about it: it was drilled yeah. for the for the three dots. Right. So I took some fingernail polish oh, made and made it a three dot side, and I gave it to a buddy of mine who couldn't shoot it for the life of him. Yeah, he could not hit the broadside <laughs> of a barn. I put those two dots on either side, and he was on paper. Made it work, and he was perfect with it. I'm a big fan of, believe it or not, a dot on the front and a uh, blacked out target rear. That's my you know, favorite. Uh, I believe Chris Costa, not to compare, but he's the same way. Yeah, he yeah. feels like his all that does not as good looking as mine because no. his isn't red. Yeah, it's, it's but not... other than that, it's a nice. Beard. It is I'm a just, nice beard. I was going to say that. Uh, but he's a fan of just having a fiber optic on the front. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's, and having that's, a plain black yeah. on the back. Definitely. And he says, why Why would I detract away f- and put more things in front of my face when I'm going to be focusing on just the front sight? Now, one of the high-speed guys that I talked with, uh, he belonged to some super ninja squirrel um, military unit. He didn't run anything but target sights on his 1911s. Now, and we were like, well, what about tritium? Everybody says, you know, all the experts say you run a front tritium, even me. And he said, <laughs> well, if I'm shooting somebody, I've got a light on my gun, and it's going to be lit up, and I'm going to identify my target before I shoot them, so I don't need a tritium front sight. And I thought that was very, uh, very profound, if you, <laughs> if you think about it. Scott sat back and went, huh, huh, he's right. Huh. Imagine that. Yeah. Wait, identify your target first, first. and then pull the trigger? Well, yeah. You gotta. You, you want to know exactly what you're shooting at. Well, this Always guy didn't train. Know you know, these guys, those those tier one guys train with so many rounds per year that... Dude, you know, you don't even get to talk to those guys, do yeah. you? No. Well, I it was through an interpreter. This was a dream, wasn't it? I made this up. Yeah, there you go. This was on the internet. It's still a really good point. Yeah. I'm, I was going to make an animated short, but... I guess I'll pass. So back to the uh, sights. Uh, we talked about shotguns, and uh, we talked about ghost rings and so beads. Shot, so shotguns are beads. Uh, that Usually, can, yeah. And some, a lot of times they have a ghost ring on it, which is, like we said, the circle, and then you line yeah. the circle up with the bead. There, there's been a real push for ghost rings. I think Mossberg ships a bunch of their models with ghost rings. And another push in the tactical for field. rifle. Yeah. In the tactical, tactical shotguns, shotguns is, sure. is, comes with ghost rings now. Now, dual bead is pretty good big with some people, and that goes on the ventilated rib on that shotgun. Gun and there's a bead in the middle and a bead in the top and you do the figure eight thing that we talked about right. with your with your pistol sights. A lot of three gunners on their shotguns uh, run a fiber optic in the front. Yeah, fiber optic is real popular on the shotguns, and like they I run said. long fiber optics so that yeah. they're not if their face yeah. isn't correct, like pushed down on there, then they yeah. can see the top and they right. know that they're not going to be. Yeah, that helps. They're they're not aiming at what they think they're aiming. I've at. experimented with that a little bit. It didn't help me much, but uh, you know, I'm not I'm not a. Uh, Shooter, successful good three fire art what i'm not bad yeah. why would you say that i well you didn't you finished 12th <laughs> <laughs> you were the youngest guy there what well, i was not the youngest guy <laughs> that's the most ridiculous thing i've ever heard there was lots of young troops there i felt old yeah lots of youngins yeah there was plenty of them out there a lot, a lot of them shot well one of them shot well <laughs> <laughs> One of them shot really well. I think one of them did. You ever did you go up to any of them and make them feel better? Like, listen, son. No, no, not that. I try to help them on the line if they have questions, but I don't like approach anybody and and, and spew my wisdom towards them uh, because they probably won't listen. I know I wouldn't. Have. Well, yeah, because they're like, here comes Gomer Pyle. <laughs> As you're walking wow. the line. See, back when I used to be able to wear all my shooting awards on my BDUs, yeah. I didn't have that problem because I'd walk up and they'd see what I want and they'd listen. But yeah. Now you don't wear it. You can't wear it on uniforms. Yeah, who's like, this redhead? Who's this Air Force guy? I yeah. don't know him. Yeah. Go away. He's not going to win anything. Nope. And I didn't. I came in 12th. But your team came in first place. But our team did come in yeah. first. There you yeah. go. Yay. And that's all that really matters. That's all that really matters Wait, is how the team so did. So what did did everybody else in your team – I know we're getting off topic What's again, and I'm is, sorry, but did everybody no. else in your team so the, finish So the, big, you, the what, what you want to do with this match is finish top eight because the top eight get the Governor's 20 award because the top eight riflemen, the top eight pistol shooters, the top two sniper and the top two machine gunners for the year – Get the Governor's 20 Award. So that's the big one, right? And uh, collecting uh, – getting a Governor's 20 isn't um, 
I don't want to say it's like a huge challenge, but it's a, it's a good perk. It's not easy to do. Um, and getting the governor's 20 in like all four disciplines is like very difficult to do. Um, so, but anyway, so you want to get top eight. None of us at my team finished top eight. <laughs> but y'all still finished first? Not a one of us. We finished like ninth, twelfth, fourteenth, and twenty third or something like that. Right. And that was enough to get us first place team. Well, there you go. There you go. <laughs> Hook, line, and sinker. You're uh, done. We'll, we'll take it. Yeah. So, all right. Sorry to get off topic. We're, we're all we over the place about? today. Yeah. So we've already cleared, we've, we've cleared up the shotguns. We've Shotgun, talked about right. we've talked about handguns uh-huh. and the way that you can get, you know, the the three dot, right, the eight, right, the right. three quarter oh, box. And then there's weird stuff for pistols too. What do you mean? Like uh, the Steyr C series, S series. Have you seen those? The mm. trapezoidal sights. Yeah, it's actually the front sight is a white triangle. Okay. And the rear sight is a white, uh, like, like your box. Half pyramid? Yeah, like half a pyramid, exactly. That's a good one. Uh, so you line those up and use them. And I've used those, and I like them. And they're very quick, and they can be very accurate, unlike a big dot, like uh, a big front dot Can you can lose some accuracy with. I don't know if you've ever shot with one of those. Yeah, I've seen But those. the trapezoidal sights kind of combine the features of both of those, a smaller front dot and the, the, the quicker big dot. So it combined those features. I really liked it. The problem is no glow-in-the-dark, no tritium. Uh, so eh, I didn't like them as far as the universal gun sight. But if you have a light and you're shooting somebody... Well, then you can't see the white anyway, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> right. You just line it up, make a triangle. <laughs> make a triangle, go bang. So, yeah, I really – I kind of dug those styre sights. Uh, okay. I got rid of my styres. I didn't dig the styres all that much, but I dug their sights. And I saw somebody had an aftermarket sight that was similar to that. I think we talked about it on the podcast. They were called – We wow. did. We talked about them. Yeah. They're really popular that. for the Glock, and they have their yellow – Yeah. It makes yellow, a yellow green, triangle. Yellow, yellow triangle, green. green and you, like yellow, green, and red are what they offer, and they come together to make a so triangle. So there's different sites like that. Uh, I'm sure there's somewhere missing. You mentioned the figure eight. Right. The the, the big dots I mentioned from XS uh, – Talked about, yeah. Is the ice cream cone one, where it's got a dash on the rear side, which right. has a notch in it. Uh-huh. And the front side has that circle, and you put the circle on top of the – so it's kind of dot the eye. Right. Or make an ice cream cone. And there's other sites similar to that. Uh, I know Meprolite, who we talked about earlier about their their uh, optic, has a front sight that's a big giant orange dot, right? And their rear sight has a little square on it, so it's kind of dot the eye also. And they've got other other options like that. So okay. there's there's a bunch of different types of pistol sights out there, but basically it comes comes down to some sort of rear notch and some sort of front post. Um, whether or not it has dots or tritium or and, gold and that arc, stands the or same gold br- or brass beads and that stands the same for even rifle so uh, a yeah, lot oh, of the, exactly. the rifle yeah. sights are just uh, like what I learned on was a rifle sight that was just a notch out of the back and then a little post in the front yep and that's what came on my Marlin Model 60 and that's what I learned on that Mossberg bolt action my dad's got uh, it's got actually has like I don't know 15 different front sights, maybe not that many, but you push a button and you kind of fold them to the side and you fold the other ones up so you can have the post, a circle, a dot, a point. It's just I really don't really know how weird. I feel about that. No, I don't. I don't know how I feel about it. I've never seen anything before or since. Yeah. But that's the only gun I've seen with those sights on it. That's interesting. It's interesting. Like, yeah. We should get pictures of it. Put it up on yeah, our website. Bring it in. We'll get some pictures. We should do that. Um, but also, okay, so now that we know a general idea of what iron sight stands for, uh-huh. the the distance from the rear sight to the front sight, uh-huh. how does that what how does that come into play that, in accuracy? Yeah, your 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 sight radius uh, as it's called, is the distance from either your eyeball or the rear sight to your front sight. And what that does is that makes it, um, I guess that allows the human eyeball, when you're lining all these three things up, because you gotta, you you got to line up your rear sight, your front sight, and your target, right, to hit your target. So that's very difficult to do, actually, uh, and do well. And so when you're doing that, the longer the distance from the rear sight to the front sight, the, I guess, the more... The more movement that you have yeah. in that, the yeah, more yeah, yeah. you see it move yeah, uh, exactly. on your... The more you can fine-tune it with your muscle control is what I'm trying to say. 
Right. So that distance between that. So when you have a handgun and you only have five inches versus an 18 inches on a rifle. Right. Exactly. You're going to be noticing that on your handgun, you you may you you won't notice so much movement. Exactly. But when you pick up a rifle and you try to hold, if you could hold a rifle the same way, you would notice those small, minute muscle twitches yep. are going to translate, you know, over to that. Yeah. You'll see more movement. Basically, sight radius has absolutely nothing to do with how accurate whatever firearm is we're talking about that they're on, but it has everything to do with how accurately you can shoot it, if that makes any sense. So it's not to say that a longer sight radius makes for a more accurate gun, but it is safe to say that a longer sight radius makes a gun easier to shoot accurately. We'll leave it at that. Okay. All right, so let's get to a few listener questions that we have. Yay! All right, so we got a question from Philip. Hey, Philip. Hey, Philip. Do you want to give him props, Scott? I want to give him mad cushy props and a shout out. Do you want to give him a hug? I'm going to give him a virtual hug. Aww. Can you feel that? It's kind of hot in Texas, so that's kind of sweaty. He's sweaty, yeah. Sorry about the pits. It's okay. All right. <laughs> Stop hugging me, though. I'm not I'm not him. Well, it's just for vi- in case they could hear it. Yeah. <laughs> Hit the echo button. <laughs> All right. So Philip says, hey, guys, just got my CHL and would like to carry... I have a Taurus 709 Slim, which is a single-stack 9mm and subcompact. Uh, I am now looking at to get an EDC holster. What do you guys recommend? Also, any recommendations on clothing or where to carry on the body when dealing with summer heat? With summer heat? So let's just talk about Texas heat. Yeah, it's hot, right? Very hot. So Today it was very, very hot. You don't want to wear a coat, so shoulder holsters right out. Um, <laughs> what what I find you can for, wear like you're wearing now, which is a tearaway stripper shirt with a with a shoulder holster underneath it. Quiet, quiet. Did we get that? I bet you we got that. Uh, you don't have dog tie dog tag silencers on. You would so be dead. It's cool. I'm in the air force. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. So shoulder holsters are gone. Yeah. Yeah. Basically, what I like for summer carry is I like the standard inside the waistband, uh, hybrid design. Um, Hybrid meaning leather and kydex. Leather and kydex, yeah. Uh, There's probably some good leather designs, too. They're just expensive, so I haven't paid for them. Um, But, yeah, standard inside the waistband. I think anything that separates the uh, pistol from actually touching the skin, especially during summertime, is is going to be beneficial so you don't get rubbed raw. Even even, Even leather rubbing up against you versus the, you know, the serrations on the back of a slide... Is much more, oh, yeah, much yeah, more yeah. pleasurable than I've those got, serrations. I've got one uh, guy I built a holster for. He can't have any of the gun touching him, or it just makes him crazy, makes him break out, makes him you know itch and hurts. And and as of me, I don't care if like the very top of the gun digs into me a little bit. No big deal. My spare tire just kind of yeah, overlaps. I wear a hybrid. Yeah, I know. I, I wear a hybrid. I know. Uh, you made it for me. I, I yeah, I remember. Yeah, that I, I actually paid you for it. Really? Yeah. That's a first. Handed you the money first. And now, I know that you were giving them out free for a while. <laughs> Still but, am. Still oh, am. Well, Evidently. Should we tell the listeners to... No. No. Okay. No. But uh, yeah, I like the hybrid designs. Uh, check those out. Um, now, for your smaller guns, like the 709, I like pocket carry. I like front pocket carry. Um, I guess e- cargo pants, you could do a cargo pocket carry. Uh, but I like front pocket carry. I like a – there's several different holsters out there. Um, leather. Uh, who is it? DeSantis makes one called the Nemesis that's real popular because it's like that grabby foam. I think Uncle Mike's makes one that has a rubber around it. Do they? Yeah. The they Uncle have... Mike's I had must might have been older and it was just like a suede pocket and it yeah, was well, okay. The, uh, some of the ones I've seen, that they have their Uncle Mike's are suede just like you said, but they have this rubberized like grippy yeah, yeah, panel. like yeah. looks like rope wrapped around it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And yeah. it holds in. It seems to – it doesn't yeah. do the best, I know but Black it, it Hawk helps and Uncle hold Mike's. it in place. Yeah. Now, the great thing about Blackhawk and Uncle Mike's is they're cheap. I they're, mean they're like $10, yeah, $10 or bucks. less. So you can you can buy one, find out if you like pocket carry, and I implore you to always pocket carry in a holster. And Please. Please. Yeah. You don't – just just trust me. So the – so you can buy the cheap holster, find out if you like it, and then go buy a decent one, you know, a leather. Cheap holster? Cheap. Oh, cheap. Cheap. Okay. Inexpensive. When you listen to this later, it'll sound sheep. like you said sheep. Really? Yeah. Uh, it's okay. I'll leave it in so you can you, hear you're it. You're not going to edit it, are you? No. Thank you. Um, well, like I said, I carry the hybrid, and I've been getting to the hot Texas summer heat, yep. and I, I enjoy it. The Kydex and leather. 
I made a leather holster uh, for pocket carry, my Caltech P11, and uh, I modified it to carry my – now I carry a car PM9 in a pocket. Uh, so when it's hot and I don't want to carry – you know, have a large overgarment or, you know, what have you. I just want to throw something in your pocket because you're wearing whatever shorts. Right. Um, or you want to wear your wife beater. Yes, if you want to wear your your tight your, your Toby Keith fitted T-shirt. Yeah. Your um, medium wife beater when you should be wearing medium. a large or extra large. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you want to show that off? Yeah. Go ahead. So, uh, yeah. Do you the- have a tattoo on your belly because your <laughs> shirt is so tight? So, yeah, the pocket carry I really like, especially, like I said, in the summer months, sometimes you're just wearing shorts, you want to throw a gun in your pocket. Now, the caveat is you still have to wear a decent belt uh, mm-hmm. when you start throwing heavy things like firearms in your pocket. Um, the inside the waistband, a lot of people like appendix carry, uh, mm-hmm. which is another type of inside the waistband. And that, that gun's small enough. You can get away yeah, with that. you probably get away with a good appendix carry holster. Uh, I know you know people like Raven Concealment. And there's probably some other ones I'm missing. Uh, carry some really good Kydex uh, minimalist designs. Uh, you might want to check those out. Um, but whatever you decide to do, you know, uh, definitely practice, like I said, drawing from it, uh, practice carrying it. As far as clothing, um, if you're going to do inside the waistband, go a size up on the waistband of your pants. Uh, you know, uh, if you want to wear a shirt and dress around the gun, like if you want to carry a full-size gun, you can. So if you want to dress around the gun, you could start wearing, you know, Hawaiian shirts, something with big printy, you know, kind of baggy looking so you can wear it over a gun uh, tucked inside the waistband. You know, there's just there's just all sorts of possibilities. Um, I prefer, uh, you know, buy my pants one size larger, carry inside the waistband uh, most of the time. And like I said, the pocket carry – um, I've got some tactical pants with some real deep front pockets I get to wear a lot. So, you know, I can even carry my model. Uh... Yeah. Your model what? Wow. What is that? Model 19. If you would stop, you know, when someone sells you a gun, you don't have to sell it, you know. I know you didn't pull as much as shirtless about. Alan. That was a trade. Who, who I, I'm talking about buys his... a gun from me and keeps it less than a month. <laughs> And then gets rid of it. No, I was getting rid of it. I, that was the whole point of getting it. Was I to know get rid of for it. you. Yeah, I don't. I don't get rid of a gun as soon as I get. Oh wait, I do. I yes. did that with you too, didn't I? Wow, I forgot about that. Which Anywho, one the Glock. Yeah, remember I bought that Glock. And I was like, I don't know. Yeah, and I, I walked up to you it. and I said, I'll give you four hundred or whatever. Yeah, it was. whatever it was. And I you said, were like, sure. I was like, yeah, okay. And I went and got you cash. <laughs> it was. Uh, it was too. I, I ended up. I still got a Glock nineteen somehow. Yeah. I don't know. But I got a Smith and Wesson Model 18. Also, I use for front pocket carry actually. Okay. With a uh, with a proper uh, pocket holster. Um, so yeah, uh, those are the different things. And like All I right, said, so so you you say pocket carry? That's I, your favorite, especially with the 709. I'm going to go with pocket carry. Yeah, I think I I think that you know I carry with this hybrid holster inside the waistband. I think that the 709 would be too small. I have I have made a holster, a hybrid holster from my. Keltec P11. I uh, haven't made one from the PM9 yet because, like I said, I like the pocket carry, and it was small, but I, it was. I think was it's secure. hard to draw from, though. That's yeah. see, that's my concern is how you know having that much of Luckily, the gun, which with, is over half of it sticking out, to be able to draw it with a lighter gun like that. You can bring it up as opposed to your Glock 19. You kind of got to drop and it further it in, down yeah. as, on your as far as the belt line goes. It can ride higher, I guess is right. what I'm trying to say. With a lighter, smaller gun, so it can be drawn fairly well. Okay, so you so you would go with either one of those, but you prefer the pocket carry. Yeah, I definitely for the just, Texas heat. It's just easier. And it's I, easier to dress around. Yeah, and I know that um, I'm dealing with the Texas heat with my hybrid, so I have a big chunk of second skin, if you will, on me um, that that sticks to my side every once in a while. But it's kind of cool because now that I've sweated so much, yeah, it's, it's taken this form. Yeah, I like Although that. I think I still need more of a bend in my Kydex. <laughs> oh. I still need more, more of a bend. Yes, sir. You always want more. I'm sorry. You know, I'm too thin. I'm sorry. I'm too I said, thin. I'm, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm too thin. I just need it to, you know. Eat a sandwich, man. I do. I eat too many sandwiches. I, need, I just uh, hit the gym too much. All right. Well, we've I think we've sussed that out. What's our next one? All right. We uh, we've one. got another question from Carl. Yes. Thank you, Carl. We love you. Mad props. Oh, mad cushy props. They, my man, man, Carl. Big virtual hug. There it is. I don't know why my hands came together when I did that. It he just, actually gave you a hug. I give you a virtual hug. All right. He says uh, he is uh, talking about concealed carry again. 
Oh. But this time he's not asking about holsters. He's asking about two specific firearms. Uh He says, I'm torn between a G19, which is a Glock 19, and Uh an M&P9C. Uh, there are things I like and dislike about both. I really like the reliability of the Glock, but he likes the ergonomics of the M&P. He says he currently owns a, a USP 40 uh, in 40 cal. Uh, fantastic weapon, but would like to carry something a bit smaller and in 9mm. Man, I don't know if I'm going to be much help here. I really like both those guns. I know. Carry. I like. A, I carry a Glock yeah. 19. I carry a Glock 19. I got a buddy who carries a uh, M&P 9C. I almost bought an M&P 9C, um, and I and I regret not purchasing it. I have the full size M&P 9, so I so I can directly compare them, and they're they're all great guns. Well, I let's mean, then let's talk about some of the the, the important factors um, with the M&P. Yeah, especially if you have one that it, it's thinner. The M and P nine is it's nine C. It's a little bit thinner, isn't it? I was in the say, barrel, to in, me, in the slide location. To me, as far as carry goes, a nineteen and an M and P nine C conceal just as well. They're 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 kind of you know both just as easy to carry, both just as easy to conceal with the right clothing, both just as easy to 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 own as a carry gun. Uh, to me now, I know people who who don't find that. Lots of people carry a Glock twenty six instead of a nineteen because they find the twenty six easier to conceal. I don't. You know the twenty six, uh, which is the subcompact, right? That I I really enjoy that, and I carried one for a while. Yeah. But I I kind of negated the whole fact of it being quote unquote easy to carry yeah. because I had to put on the extension. Oh. That finger, I, I couldn't grip it. There was no way I could shoot that or feel confident shooting that gun without that grip extension. Now, I did enjoy it because it was lighter. Right. But, and, and you know what? It, it, people think, oh, you know, it's only, you know, an inch shorter. You know what? You feel that in the yeah, Texas by heat. The, by the end of the day? Yeah. By the end of the day, you feel it, definitely. Yeah. Now, uh, all things being equal, I think it's just personal preference. If you can get your full grip on an M&P 9C... Without the you know the little pinky extension or without anything like that, I'd go with that. Now, if you can't get your full grip and you need the extension, eh, just go with a nineteen. Well, the new the the new Gen Four nineteens also are are they're, they're melted a little bit more on the edges, aren't they, to help you for reholstering? Yeah, I mean, so I mean, if you're looking at the third generation, it's still squared. Yeah, the fourth generation is melted a little yeah, bit more. It's a little better, but, but see, I like eh, it's more grippy. The, the problem is here, Carl, you've chosen two very good guns. Yeah, you really can't um, go wrong. It's even all- with the M&P, the reliability on that is stellar. Yeah, I, I think it's personal preference, honestly. I would carry either one. Try to find somebody that owns both of them, shoot them both, and pick the one you shoot best. I think if I didn't get such a good deal on my Glock 19, then I would, have, I, I would have an M&P. That was what I actually wanted to get to carry. I'll sell you one. Um, I'll give you 30 <laughs> bucks for it. Too much. Okay. I mean, no. Oh, 20 bucks. <laughs> Dang it. I already said okay and agreed to it. Um, so you, you're not going to go wrong with either one of these. No, I, think, I, I don't like think. you said, the, what fits best in your hand yeah. and what you feel most you comfortable shoot best, with. even better. Yeah. Go take them to the range. You know what? If you have access to a shot timer or an iPhone uh, app with shot timers on it, go shoot some drills with it. Uh, see what your split times are. Actual put some hard numbers out and which one – but then buy the one you like better. I mean, yeah. but if you like both of them the same, like I said, you're not going to go wrong. No, you can't go wrong with either one of those. They're, now, the correct answer, of course, is buy both. Right? Well, Sell his... the USP-40, buy both. Oh, Ooh, there, there it is. is. Done. Yeah. And Done maybe it. even have Done. a little bit of money for ammo. There you, and buy some holsters and some ammo. There you go. And you got one for the wife. Problem solved. You know. Perfect. Done. The one you don't like, she can carry. Whoa. Well, one you don't like, she can look at later. Well, I didn't. I didn't even mean that. I just meant she could carry the one she was what? comfortable with carrying. That's not how that works. No. Okay. I don't. I thought that's how it worked. Well, yeah, actually, yeah. She's gonna pick the one she likes, and you're gonna get the other one. So yeah. It's just like it's just like your room. Now you have one closet that has all of your decorations. 
and and and, and shoes. And she promised so you everything that you owned like. would be able to. You'd be able to have it decorated the way you want. But now you're like, yeah, yeah. I realize that I get the office, and I only get a corner of the office. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's how that works. Uh, so Carl, I know that we didn't, we weren't really able to give you a whole lot of insight. Um, other than yes, both of those guns are great. Find out which one works best for you. Uh, again, like I said, I'm a fan of the Glock 19. I carry one yeah. on a daily basis, uh, and I enjoy it. If I could get mags for the M&P9, I'd probably carry it around. But uh, those are very hard to come across. Yeah, I, I mean, what is it, seventy-five a piece? Because you, you have if to, you can find, yeah, them. if you can find one, uh, put them on back order. So, uh, so we got a last story. Last bit uh, before we leave you guys. Uh, if you're just pulling into work, sit in your car for a little bit longer. Be late. I don't know if it's worth it, but it could be. Hey, if you're on the treadmill, go another five miles, man. Come on, you can do it. Five minutes? Five minutes, <laughs> not five miles. No, go another five miles. No, just do, do some push-ups later. No, just five miles and then do push-ups. All right. Uh, so I believe there – is this a petition that's going around? Yeah, somebody put a story up. Oh, I got it from Tam's uh, web uh, blog thing. Majig? Sure. Blog. Yes. Tam, Tam's blog. Um, she Shout pointed out. out that there is a petition now. You know how you can go to whitehouse.gov or whatever it is and put in a petition for anything? Well, somebody put in a petition that says, uh, require that Syrian rebels receiving weapons be held to the same restrictions as American citizens. Um, require that Syrian rebels receiving firearms and other musicians from U.S. government receive only firearms legal for U.S. civilian ownership and undergo the same background of security checks a U.S. civilian would, including the appropriate NFA tax stamps and waiting periods. And uh, I think it's got 100,000 signatures-ish. I think that's what that means. Well, if it says 99, which has got an exact number on it, hold on. 99,202? Oh, yeah. So it's not 100,000. It's 99,202 currently as of this As of this recording. recording. Okay. So I find this um, – I don't know. Uh, deliciously ironic that they that the, that some citizen wants to make sure that these Syrians that we want to arm to help fight their government, right, uh, follow the same rules and regulations U.S. citizens who are armed uh, ultimately to fight their government, right? Well, that, that that's one school of thought. Yeah. The, the, yeah. I mean, there's there's a lot of schools of thoughts out out there that say that because we're armed, um, it's because we're crazy gun people. Well, I think it was Ice Cube. I, I think it was Ice oh, T. Oh, oh, really? No, no, I'm being Wait, serious. Okay, I think it was Ice T. Who One of actually, the Ices. Yeah, who actually, uh, uh, who actually sat back and said that the ultimate reason for owning firearms is to combat tyranny. <laughs> I don't think it was any of the Ices that said that. No, it is. I, I, I can show it to you. All right. He said so back a lot and, of and uh, Pierce Morgan had um, Michael Moore and uh, I believe compared those two clips to each other. Wow. And of course, Michael Moore just kind of scoffed and uh, they had their own little powwow of, right, of right. happy, happy, we're anti-gun. Well, what and, I see from some of the antis is, especially from Pierce Morgan, um, you make an argument with them and you want to talk about the merits of the argument. But at some point, they reach a a, a a position in their argument where they just go, well, that's just crazy. He always could, uh-huh. he always says you're crazy. He yeah, goes, you're crazy. Exactly. And he goes, no, 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 let's argue this. Don't yeah, call me crazy. Let's talk about it. No, you're crazy. No, no. You're just crazy, so that's the end of my – now I don't have to argue with you because I've, I've branded you crazy. And then but, and then he gets mad when people are, just keep going on and listing off all these facts. Oh, and sure. he's like, let me talk. I'm talking. This is my show. Yeah, I, I've seen him lose it. control of his show more than once. I only watch the, well, the excerpts he's on, he's on uh, YouTube and stuff. Come on. The guy – if you can't argue your point, your point is bad. I thought he was going to move out, like I, leave the United States. He promised he would, and he's still here. Where is Jeremy? Oh, What's his name? To slap him. You again? know what? He likes those paychecks. He don't want to get slapped when he goes back to the UK by the dude from uh, Top Top Gear. Gear. Yeah, I'd, I'd pay to watch that. By the way, <laughs> I would lots too. of money. <laughs> well, I'd pay five dollars. Uh, there click, you go. Click click click. <laughs> I find it deliciously ironic that we would arm a foreigner to fight his tyrannical government, while at the same time turning around. And telling a U.S. citizen you can't have the same gun. Why not? Because it's illegal. 
You can't make a machine gun after but, 1986. But here's the they're going to give this they're going to give this rebel machine gun. They're going to give him belt fed machine guns. They're going to give him training. They're going to give him ammunition. They're going to give him surface to air anti aircraft missiles. Ooh, two hundred dollars a piece tax stamp on those. Yeah, no, you can't have one. So yeah, so where is the irony that that as a U.S. citizen, in order to ensure that I don't have a tyrannical government, I can't have these things. But if I was a Syrian citizen fighting what I call a tyrannical government, a legal government, by the way, a legally recognized government, by the way, um, as a rebel, as an insurrectionist, the United States would go ahead and give me these machine guns and rocket f- things. I heard somewhere that uh, there's about 10 major groups of Syrian rebels. And, oh, there's lots of them. Well, the, the major ones, 10. But out of these 10 – there are only two that are not directly related to Al Qaeda. So oh, eight, that would surprise so, me if there was yeah, right. two. So eight of these major out of the ten major rebel groups yeah, are directly was, related to Al Qaeda. When the Syrian nonsense started, so let's give Al Qaeda weapons. Yeah, basically. When the Syrian nonsense started, there was a large secular group that was that was the main part of the rebellion, right? And we had a chance to go in there and arm those people secularists who didn't want to be under the tyrannical government. Um, since then, they have lost a lot of power and they have been marginalized. And the largest groups now are the Islamic extremist groups that are directly related to Al-Qaeda. Yeah. Right. Who have come in and yeah. some of them are just foreign fighters. And now we're going to Because they want to make this a safe haven. Now, I just saw a news article. I haven't, I haven't verified anything, but I just saw a news article where the Syrian rebels are saying that they have anti-tank and anti-aircraft missiles now. I've so seen, I, I think I've we sent them, them some. So I, somebody sent them a shipment, whether it was us, whether it was the Saudis, whether it was us working through proxy through the Saudis or the Iranians or the Iraq. Who knows? Who knows? I want to say that I saw one of these guys with a uh, – with it, uh, what is Like a stinger? No, it was one of those anti-tank missiles. That go, you shoot oh, it out and it goes up and then drops down on the top. The javelin Yeah, thing? he had like a javelin yeah. type where you drop the tube off and you keep the, the main guts yeah, of the, the yeah, yeah. targeting system and you just load a new tube onto yep. it. That's pretty much – Toe? Is that a javelin or no, a tow? A tow missile is more mounted, isn't it? No, a tow a tow missile a tow missile has a wire attached to it, and you can control it at Ooh, all times. That sounds like fun. The uh, javelin missile, you actually target oh, it, and oh, it flies out. Yeah, you lay the target, it flies out, okay. goes up, and then drops down and hits it on. Either the way, they've got them, and I'm guessing we had something to do with that, either directly or indirectly. And if it said made in China, then we probably sent it to them. <laughs> Well, Walmart would have. The American <laughs> government only buys things made by Americans very expensively. So uh, if you want to see some of your tax dollars at work, uh, probably Google that and pull up some videos of some uh, some insurrectionists shooting at some uh, governments. And how long do how long do you give it till you know if they overthrow them? How long do you give it till we see that those weapons oh, being used against us? Oh no no no! I think it'll be more like uh, I think it'll be more like a in Egypt. Or a um, oh I can't remember the name of the place now, but uh, I think it'll 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 turn into an Islamic fascist state for sure. But I don't think it'll turn into a we'll let it turn it into a safe haven for Al Qaeda again and and be one of those places like Iran. I don't think the community will let it, uh, much less the United States. All right. Well, uh, like I said before, uh, go to our Facebook page, uh, facebook.com slash gunshowpodcast. If you're looking for us in the search bar, leave off the the. The the. Just and gun show just gunshow podcast in the search and like us and go submit to your questions. And subscribe. Uh, go to iTunes and subscribe. Yeah, yeah definitely. And uh, break into your friends' computers. Go to their iTunes and subscribe. Uh, we're not giving you legal advice to do that, but, no, but if do you it do it, thank you. we thank you. Thank you.